How are we? Hey, good to have you here this morning. Uh, if you are a guest, I want to give you a warm welcome. If you're watching online, hey, we're so glad uh, that you are, you are tuned in as well. And just a couple, couple things. First off, hey, um, some of you have, have this past year made a decision for Christ. We know that. And uh, others of you have grown in your relationship with Christ this past year, and, and you're ready to take that next step in your faith walk, uh, which is something Jesus asks us to do as his followers, which is to get baptized. And I believe God is putting that on some of your hearts. He's, t- he's telling some of you, it's time. It's time to get baptized. And if that's you and that prompting is on your heart, I want to encourage you to, to take the classes that we have coming up. We have different classes for children, teens, and adults. Check your handout for those dates. You can also find that at myedinbrook.org. Uh, the second thing is, hey, after service today, we've got a yummy tummy food truck out <laughs> just outside the, the front doors here. And uh, I want to encourage you, hang, hang, hang around a little bit. Hang out. Let's have some community here after church. I've heard they've got some good food at this truck, something with like mac and cheese uh, in there. It's just making my mouth water just thinking about it. Anybody else? So I want to encourage you, make them glad that they came here this morning. Amen? Church, can we do that? So hang out. Get yourself something good to eat. And uh, we'll spend some time together a little bit today after service. Uh, we are in our, our, our series called The Promise. And we've been uh, studying this topic of, of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Um, we, uh, I've said over the last several weeks, listen, we, we, cannot, we, we cannot live the Christian life apart from the Spirit. You, you got to have the Spirit in your life. Even when the disciples were even eager uh, to do ministry after Jesus, seeing Jesus witnessing his resurrection from the dead, uh, he said, no, 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 you got to wait. You got to wait until I send you the Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, you will have no power, and without the Spirit, you will not be able to witness in, in my name. And so we, we got to recognize the Spirit is absolutely essential for us making any eternal kingdom impact in, in this world. And, and let's be honest, many of us, we've grown up, and we haven't heard a lot about the Holy Spirit. We've grown up, we haven't uh, had a lot of teachings about the Holy Spirit. And so maybe this is even a little weird for some of us. That's Okay. But I want to encourage you to start thinking more about the role of the Spirit in your life because it is absolutely essential for living out the Christian life that God has called us to. And this morning, we're going to deal with this topic of discovering your spiritual gifts. One of the things the Bible teaches is that if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, then you have spiritual gifts. In fact, uh, Paul says this in, in Romans 12, 60 says, we have different gifts, tells us there's a variety of gifts, and we all have different kinds of gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So I want you to understand something. The fact that we have been given these spiritual gifts, and it's each of us, each of us, uh, any believer in here has been given spiritual gifts, and notice it's, it's by the grace of God that you have been given these spiritual gifts, these abilities to be used by God through the Spirit for his kingdom. I want you to notice that, though. It's called a gift. It's called a gift. A couple weeks ago, uh, I had a birthday, and, and, and family and friends were sending me cards and things like that. Some people sent me some gifts. And um, my dad actually sent me a gift, but he sent it via email. 
It was this gift card via email, and um, usually you don't get a gift via email, right? So uh, I missed it. I had no idea I had this gift. And later on, he contacted me because he hadn't heard anything. He was like, hey, did you get your gift? And I had even checked my email, but I just thought it was spam. I didn't see it. I had no idea what it was until he see, reminded me, hey, I sent you a gift. You got to look for it. This is what it's going to say. So I went in, found it, and my dad had sent me this nice gift card. Well, hey, I tell you that story because I think that's true for a lot of us when it comes to our spiritual gifts. God has given us some amazing spiritual gifts that if we were to open would be fun. If we were to open, it would be exciting. If we were to open up, it would be very purposeful for our lives. But many of us, these gifts lie dormant. We, we haven't even been aware that we have been given these gifts, much less to know what our unique spiritual gifts are. And that's what I want to help us with this morning, is discovering what our spiritual gifts are. Are, okay, but before I jump into this, this message here, okay, because I'm going to answer three questions today. I'm going to talk about, you know, what are the spiritual gifts, just some of the ones that the Bible mentions. Uh, we won't have time to get into all of them today. I'm going to talk about what is the purpose of the spiritual gifts, and then how do we discover our own spiritual gifts. But before I get into that, uh, let me preface it with saying two things um, about this topic. First, we need to understand that all of us have been given gifts that are going to characterize our lives. I Meaning God has given you each at least one gift, probably multiple gifts. It's just going to be a part of who you are. It's going to be a part of your, of your identity, actually, in Christ. It's the unique way God has wired you. So, for example, God has just wired me to be a preacher, Okay? I can't help myself. Uh, if, if the topic of God comes up, if the topic of what God has done, if the Bible comes up, if the topic of what God wants to do in our lives, there is something that happens inside of me where I cannot help but want to tell other people about it. Okay? And it's different. It's unique to the topic of God. If it's, we're talking about movies, if we're talking about music, things like that, I don't have that passion. Um, I, but, but you start talking about God, and I can't help but want to tell other people. And you need to understand, like, I, I grew up like I was a sit-in-the-back-of-the-class kind of guy. I'm not a person who loves getting out in front of people. But you start talking about this topic and something just happens in me that I can't help but wanting to tell other people. That's why last week when I was interviewing Robin Hokinson and we were up here and she would mention something on this topic of prayer, I couldn't get up and be like, whoa, because it excites me. I get excited and I can't help but want to convey what I am feeling to others. And that is a part of my life. Since I became a Christian, that's just been who I am. I want, I've had a passion, okay, to, to preach. And you have some kind of gift that's going to characterize your life like that as well. At least one gift. But here's the thing that maybe some of us have never heard. Many of us are, are aware of at least that. But here's what maybe some of you have never heard. There might also be times in your life where God wants to give you a gift that's not necessarily going to characterize your life, but a need is going to arise, and God is going to give you that gift at that time to meet that need. 
Okay, so we need to be aware that there might be times where it's not going to be a gift that characterizes our life, but there's going to be a gift that God's going to give you when there is a need. I've heard about missionaries who have been on the mission field and somebody got injured or something like that. And there wasn't a hospital or a doctor around and this person was able to pray and, 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 and actually witnessed a healing Okay, but then came back to the States and prayed for people to get healed and never saw a healing again. God gave that person what they needed at a certain time to meet a need. And, and I tell you that so that we will keep our minds open to all the spiritual gifts that God might want to give us in our life at one time or another. So let's jump in. Let's start by talking about what are the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible um, I'm going to break it down by, by three categories, okay? Three kinds of spiritual gifts, a way we can kind of summarize some of the gifts. Uh, this is pretty commonly used in the church. Uh, this comes, by the way, if you want to do your own research from Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. I put that in your handout. But that's where we get these lists of gifts. And let me just say this. These, these lists that we read about in the Bible, I do not think they're exhaustive. Every list is different from the other. Kind of tells us there are probably gifts even outside of the scriptures. Paul is just giving us some of the spiritual gifts. But here are the three kinds, kind of a way we can group these gifts. The first one is motivational gifts. Okay, motivational gifts. Again, if you're taking uh, notes, you can write this in your handout. But you've got the gift of preaching. We might put that under a motivational gift to move people, to move the church to a uh, determined destination. You got teaching, encouraging. Okay, we need we need people with the gift of encouragement. The world needs. People with that, with the gift of encouraging, uh, being able to encourage others. Uh, I might even add to this. Um, this one, again, is not necessarily explicitly in the scriptures, but, but, but someone who is a worshiper who can lead other people into worship, I would argue that is a spiritual gift. That is a spiritual gift that God gives to some. Uh, Pastor Amanda certainly has that, that gifting. Okay? So these are motivational, motivational gifts. The second one is ministry Ministry gifts, okay? And, um, and by the way, I don't, I don't love the titles for these groups. I mean, all of it's ministry, right? But it helps us to think through it. It helps us maybe to, to categorize and, and to group these in a way we can think through them a little more better. Uh, but under this one, you might have pastoring. Pastoring is different than preaching. Pastoring is shepherding. That's walking alongside of people and helping them in the journey of life helping them to get through and to fight the battle and to keep their faith well. It's pastoring, okay? Caring for people, okay? Evangelizing. Some of you have the gift of evangelism. We need people with the gift of evangelism. I've been hearing more stories at this church, people who have the gift of evangelism, and that's exciting me. People actually out on the streets telling people about Jesus. Woo! <laughs> that's good, okay? Three, giving, giving. Some of you just have the gift of, of being generous. Now, let me say something about these gifts. Notice something. Are we all supposed to tell others about our faith? 
Are we all supposed to be giving and, 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 and being worshiping God in that way? Yes, okay? So, so, so we're all supposed to be doing many of these things, but some of us are gifted to do these things. Some of us just have a, we, we receive an extra measure of joy, and we have an extra measure of passion behind these things, and we tend to be very effective in doing these things, okay? Some of you are gifted with the, 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 uh, these, these gifts, all right? Um, one being giving, okay, serving, helping. I think that's a lot of us here at the church. I think a lot of us have the gift of just when there is some event that needs to be set up or something that needs to be, uh, an event that needs to be torn down or uh, just uh, walls that need to be painted around here or something like that where you can help out, you love, you, you are excited to roll up your sleeves and get involved. And, and we have to have that as a church. Uh, the staff here at Edinburgh is not big enough to do all the things that God has us doing on a weekly basis. It takes people serving and helping us out. Thankful for all of you who, who do that. Um, and then we've got uh, administration. Um, thank God for people who are gifted in administration because that's not my gifting. People who can organize uh, and bring structure. Thankful that I've got people around me gifted at administration. And then you've got mercy. Okay? You've got the gifting of mercy. I would add to this care. Some of you are just gifted at, at, at showing care to others. Some of you are just gifted at showing mercy to people who need mercy. And uh, the church has got to have people like that in it. Okay? So these, these would maybe what we'd classify as, as ministry gifts. And then this brings us to, to the third one, which is the, what we'd call the manifestation gifts. And this is, this is kind of the group here, um, the kind of gifts that we don't, in our circles, we haven't talked at least a lot about, right? We've been maybe leery to talk about the manifestation gifts. Many of us just didn't hear a lot about these gifts uh, growing up, but these would be the gifts of things like prophecy, and there's so many different definitions, by the way, of prophecy out there. But really, I think prophecy is just when God makes something clear to you and wants you to reveal that to other people. It doesn't always have to be like a future prediction. That's often how we think of prophecy. But it's usually just something God puts on your heart that he wants you to communicate. It can sometimes be a warning or a correction, something like that. You've got the gift of tongues. And this one kind of weirds us out in our circles, but this is one of the, the gifts the Bible talks about, the interpretation of tongues, okay? You've got the gift of healing. Some people are just gifted uh, with the ability to heal, um, the gift of faith. Now, that one might sound weird to us because we're all supposed to have faith, but some people just have an extra measure of faith and can move mountains, because of that faith, which is close to the next one, the working of miracles. We need people like that in our church as well. And we've seen many miracles uh, here at Edinburgh over the years. Okay? So, so these are the manifestation gifts. And, and, and these, for w whatever reason, are, are, are ones that we, we don't really talk a whole lot about um, in, in, in our camp. Um, but I would just ask you this question. I mean, yes or no, are these mentioned in the scriptures? These gifts are in the Bible, so we need to understand them. We need to take note of them, and, and it seems to me like maybe the church needs these gifts in some shape, in some form, 
needs these gifts because there's something that God gives. Now, some of you grew up and you heard that these, these gifts, the manifest gifts, have ended, that they've ceased, okay? Um, people who believe that are called cessation, cessationists. Uh, they believe that the gifts are, are no more for our age and just ex- existed for a short time. I don't personally believe that. I'm not a cessationist. I'm what you would call a continuationist, okay? I believe that the gifts uh, continue on. And I believe that for two reasons. Um, one is my own personal experience. Um, I, I've experienced these manifest gifts. Uh, when I became a Christian, uh, I was 17 years old. A year later, I find myself on a mission trip in India, okay? Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm... <laughs> I have no idea this organization I'm with. I mean, I... I've never heard about tongues. I've never heard about the interpretation of tongues in my life. I've never seen anyone do it. But I remember they, were, they gave this teaching, and they said, we're going to send you out, and we're just going to ask you to pray and see if God will give you the gift of tongues. And so I prayed and went out. Again, never heard it. I didn't know what gift the gift of tongues was. I'm a brand new Christian. Never seen it, never heard of it in my life. I pray for it, and all of a sudden I start speaking in this language that I don't understand and that I've never spoken in before. I mean, it just happened. No one, was, no one was trying to prime the pump. No one was trying to teach me how to do it. It just happened. So that was like eye-opening for me when I experienced that. And I realized, whoa, this is a gift that God must want to still give us today. Um, and it, it, it kind of, in, in a way, changed my view of understanding all of these things we see in the Scripture that God wants us to still explore and to still be open to um, today. But I've, I've learned that in our camp, for some reason, we, we tend to be a little bit uh, uh, leery of, of talking about these gifts. And I'm thankful, by the way, for Edinburgh Church, a church that's loved me enough to be open and honest uh, about that gift um, in, in my life because that's really freed me to be who God created me to be. And so I just want to say thank you, Edinburgh Church, for letting me talk about that without being weirded out (laughs) uh, by your pastor. But I will tell you the gift of tongues has been a a great benefit in my my spiritual life. So that's one of the first reasons I believe these gifts continued on. I've experienced them. I've seen healings. doesn't mean everyone that we've prayed for gets healed. Um, I would say, actually, it, it, it... it doesn't seem like the majority of the time that is the case, but I've seen it happen, and I want to be open to it, and I always want to pray. Why wouldn't we want to pray? God might heal somebody, okay? Um, so I want us to be open to, to, these, to these gifts. Now, if you grew up in, in church and maybe uh, you've never experienced it, okay, the second reason I would tell you that I believe the gifts, um, the manifest gifts are still continue on, it's not ultimately because of my experience. It's because of the scriptures, okay? The the scriptures do not say that the gifts have ceased. If they said that, I would believe it, and I would adhere to that, but nowhere does the scriptures teach that these gifts have ended. In fact, some of you maybe grew up and you did hear one passage used to try to teach that the manifest gifts have ended, And that comes from 1 Corinthians 13. And I just want to show you this passage 
And what I believe is, a, is, an, a, is, is, is an abuse and an, a bad interpretation of this scripture. So let me read it for you, for those of you who maybe heard this growing up. It, Paul says, love never fails, okay? And the, the, the topic, the context here is he's talking about love, how love is the most important thing we do as believers. He says, but, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. So he's saying at some point, prophecies are going to cease and tongues are going to be no more. He says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears, okay? So he's saying those gifts are going to end when completeness comes. And it raises this question, what is completeness? What is the completeness that Paul has in mind? So if you grew up and heard that the gifts have ceased, what you were told is that what Paul has in mind here is the completion of the Bible. That's what some of you were told, is that when the Bible is completed, we will be complete, and those gifts will then cease. That's what some of you were taught. But I want to ask you this question. Do you think Paul is talking here about the completion of the Bible? Or do you think completion is when we see Jesus face to face? Let me read on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up to a second. He says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. So now he's going to give us this analogy. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, completeness, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. What do you think Paul is saying here? What do you think face to face is? Do you think he's talking about the completion of the Bible? Or do you think he's talking about seeing Jesus face to face? He says, now I know in part, then I shall know fully. He's talking about heaven, friends. I'm not going to know fully just because we have, even as I am fully known. Okay, so if I can convince you that this seems to be the clear understanding of this, of this scripture, that Paul is, has, does not have in his mind the completion of the canon, the Bible, but rather seeing Jesus face to face, then do you understand the implication actually of what, the, what Paul is saying here? Until that day comes, we need the gifts. <laughs> we need the gifts. Because right now we only see dimly. And so we need all the help we can get. And so God gives us all the gifts to be used for his kingdom sake. In fact, he goes on a few verses later and listen to this, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially what? When the Bible speaks and we don't do what it says, I'm just asking this humbly. What do we call that? We call that sin. Because this is God's word. And yet again, many of us grew up and we never... 
We were never taught that we're supposed to desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And I wonder what would happen if some of us this week maybe even just started to pray and ask God, God, would you just speak to me and would you give me this gift, the gift of prophecy? Now, let me back up for a second. Listen, is it a little weird to talk? Is this, is this stuff, can it be a little weird for us, especially in our circles? I mean, come on, it can. Tongues can weird us out. People prophesying can, can be a little strange. I mean, that's just, it's, it, this stuff is, can be weird. But here's what God's just been putting on my heart lately, friends. When we look around at culture today and we look at the world today and everything that's happening, do you think that the world maybe needs a little weird? Do you think the world maybe needs a, something a little different? You think the world maybe needs something that's a little strange? Have we maybe in the church, and I'm guilty of this, have we maybe tried to be a little too cool? Have we maybe tried to fit in a little too much? I can't help but wonder if that's what Jesus meant when he said, don't lose your saltiness. Stay salty. Be different. Stand out. Be a little weird. Because guess what? The world needs a little weirdness. Because what it's getting out there might be cool, but it is failing people. And when you study the New Testament and you look at Paul's missionary journeys and the apostles going out, listen, they did some strange stuff. Some weird stuff. And yeah, there were some people that said they must be drunk. And there were people who wanted nothing to do with it. The day of Pentecost, tongues comes down in flames of fire. And they said they're drunk. These men are drunk. But don't forget the other 3,000 that said we want what they have. And I can't help but wonder if we're living in a day and age where, yeah, will there be people who call us weird and say, I don't want anything to do with that weirdness, that strangeness? Maybe, but I promise you this, there are going to be others who say, I'm ready for a little weirdness in my life. Because what I got out there isn't working. And I just wonder, are we going to be the church exercising all of the gifts that God has given to us? Whew, I wonder what would happen if some of us started praying and asking God to give us how it might even transform our own life. What God might want to do in you and what God might want to do through you, all right? So we're supposed to eagerly desire these gifts, and I believe it's for a reason and a purpose, which raises the question, what is the purpose then? What, what is the purpose of the spiritual gifts? Let me give you two purposes. The first is this, and this is, of course, 30,000-foot view here with the time we have today, but the first is, ultimately, it's to love other people. That's, that's why God gives us the gifts. It's to love others, okay? And um, I was talking with Tom Davidson uh, this past week, and I love what he said. He said, God gives us the Holy Spirit, and he gives us these spiritual gifts to help love reach its destination. Man, I like that. That's why God gives us these gifts. It's so that we can help God's love touch other people's lives. That's got to be the heart, okay, behind what we do and how we use our gifts, the gifts are not given for grandstanding. 
The gifts are not given to say, hey, look at me. <laughs> okay. You know, some of you might actually feel a call or a desire to like go into ministry and maybe to be a pastor someday because you're like, if I'm a pastor someday, people will like me. That's just dumb. If you want people to like you, go into the ice cream business, okay? <laughs> you don't go in this because you want people to like you. You go into this because you have a calling, but you want, you can't help, but want other people to know the love of Jesus. That's the heart behind everything we do. I was even having a conversation this past week with some people, and we were talking about the gift of healing. And listen, I do want to see heal, healings. I do want people to sense that God it, it, it can, can heal their life. And I want us to be a church that believes that. But listen, at the end of the day, that's not primarily why I pray for people to be healed. I pray Because that's true or false. At some point, we're going to die. The reason I pray in a moment for someone to get healing and want to see that is so that somebody is touched by God and realizes he's real. I want people to know the reality of God. I want them to see God in action. I want them to know I am loved by this Jesus. Friends, that's got to be the heartbeat behind using the gifts God has given us. It is not to show off. That, by the way, the abuse of that is why we've been so leery to talk about the manifest gifts. Let's just be honest. We've seen the abuse. And so I want to challenge that. that. That is not why we are given these gifts. We are given these gifts to help love find its destination. But let me say this too, okay? And I'm speaking to our circles right now. I've also seen the flip side of this. Where I've seen when some certain people are given these gifts, and some people do stand out because of what God is doing in them and through them. Sometimes in our circle, we tend to just jump to conclusions and accuse them of being boastful and accuse them of, of just wanting to be seen. And I just want to warn us against that. I just talked to a woman not too many weeks ago who told me that her family, when they found out that she speaks in tongues, said, that's of the devil. Don't do that. And friends, I got to tell you, you need to read what Jesus says about people who attribute the working of God to the devil. Read what he says about those who blaspheme the Holy Spirit, okay? I'll tell you, he, it's, it's, his strongest, it's, it's the strongest thing he says in, in the Bible. And so we need to be very slow and very humble when it comes to judging others just because they're given a gift that we're not giving. And this, this, this is, listen... This is true for, for many things, not just gifts God gives. This is true for money and other things that God gives to other people. Here's what I've learned. God does not bless a jealous, resentful heart. If you're always upset because somebody has something that you don't have, if you're resentful and labeling them and jumping to conclusions because they have something you don't have, here's what I can guarantee you. God will never give it to you. And that's money, that's gifts. That's a, if you're jumping to conclusions and judging other people, he doesn't reward jealous, resentful hearts. So what we can do as a church is if we see that, 
If we see that, friends, let's celebrate what God's doing. Amen? We can celebrate with people when we see God moving and working in someone's life. Okay? But the aim is always love, and you say, okay, so how do we do that here at Edinburgh Church? Can I just tell you how we do that? I have no idea. That's where I'm at. I have no idea. I don't know how you do this. I don't think this is the context or the place. Because there's got to be a lot of trust, amen, when it comes to some of these things. And I just don't know if this is the place for it. But I will tell you this. We've got that prayer and worship night thing going on. And I'm seeing, I'm hearing stories and what I experienced even when I was there, just the power of it. God was giving me visions. Now people are getting opportunities to share on a given topic. And I'm excited to see what God might do. And if some of you are wanting to grow in some of these things and experiment with some of these things, just see what God might want to do with your life, I encourage you, go to the next prayer and worship night. It might be an opportunity where we get to exercise some of these things for the good of one another. Okay? But the first, the, the first purpose of God giving us these gifts has got to be love. That's got to be the motive of our heart. But there's a second one. That's so that we can experience God's love. So that you and I can, can experience the fact that God loves us. I want you to know that God loves you. And one of the ways it's going to land on you that God loves you is when you start to realize that he wants to use your life to bless somebody else. This past week, it was Thursday, um, somebody called at the, up at the church. His name was Matt. He gave me permission to share this story because he wants the church. He wants us praying for him. But he called up and he said, I want you, Pastor, to come, come pray for me at the hospital. Normally, I don't do that kind of thing because Pastor Bob's our care pastor. We have other people gifted to, to go and spend the time necessary to do all that. But in this case, I really felt like God was telling me I should, I should go. Um, I had a meeting coming up. I met with Pastor Reggie, uh, Brother Reggie down here. And, man, I got to hear a little bit from Reggie. And then Reggie just filled my tank. And, and, and I tried calling the hospital. Like, hey, I, Matt called. He, he, he wants me to come visit him because he had left a voicemail. They were, they were kind of rude. They were like, no, you can't talk to Matt. They wouldn't let me talk. So I, all I knew was he was at North Memorial Hospital in Robbinsdale. I didn't know what part of the hospital, what room. I didn't know even what he was there for. Okay, uh, but after talking with Pastor Reggie, my tank got filled, and I kid you not, I heard God say it very clearly, go. Go. I know nothing. I don't know what's going to happen, but I heard it. It was just go. And then he didn't say that. I didn't hear a voice, but it was like a strong impression. I am just going to take care of it. Just go. I will make a way. So I get in my car. I drive. I get, I start, and I've been to that hospital before, but I tell you, when, I'm like, this is a big hospital. <laughs> This is a big hospital. How am I going to find this dude? And I'm in the parking garage. It's like an eight, ten-story parking garage. I'm like, how am I going to find this guy? And I go into the lobby, go up. I talk to the receptionist. And uh, I'm like, I'm here to see Matt and give her his name. She's like, uh, no, you can't see Matt. I'm like, what? I can't see Matt. Why? She's like, uh, uh, Matt has two visitors. Uh, he can't see anyone else uh, today. And I'm like, okay, um, here's the thing. So I told him, I was like, um, I'm Matt's pastor, and I, I want to pray for Matt. She said, you're his pastor? I said, yeah, I'm his pastor. And she gave me this. <laughs> I 
I get that everywhere. I get this everywhere. I don't know, too, I don't know if I'm too young, too old. I don't know what it is, how I'm dressed. But her demeanor did change. I have to say her demeanor changed. And all of a sudden she gets on the phone and she starts making some calls. She's having a call. And now I'm thinking this is maybe COVID related. I have no idea why she's, she doesn't even understand all the security protocols, but she's having to make calls and get me clearances to go to wherever Matt's at. Again, I'm thinking it's probably COVID related, but she gives me the badge that I need. And I start walking. I get lost three times in this giant hospital. I have to have people point me to the right wing. I get there. And I realized this is why there were so many security clearances. It was the psych ward. So I get to the door and I got to scan like they have a camera. And you guys, that's just to get to door one. Then you go into another room and you got to get scanned again. And then you get into door two. And then I get into the, 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 I go to the receptionist. And there's no visitors, by the way. I don't know why they told me. I mean, these, just nobody there. And I'm just like, I'm here to see Matt. I want to pray for him. She's like, okay, well, we'll see. She walks me down to the room. I walk in. Matt's on his back. He's got an oxygen mask on. He's just breathing, looking up at the ceiling. And I say, Matt, brother, what's going on? And uh, Matt tells me, takes the oxygen mask off, and he's like, um, guys, this breaks my heart. He says, there's a voice telling me I'm going to hell. And he said, um, I'm starting to have anxiety attacks and I just started to lose it and my mom had to have me admitted to the hospital. I said, Matt, we, we got to pray for you, man. I read him some scriptures, but then I was just like, we, we got to pray. We got to pray against that, man. We got to pray against that voice to help you take that thought captive, replace it with God's truth. So I just started praying light for Matt, just started praying peace for Matt. Oh, and before I did that, I said, Matt, have you invited Jesus into your life? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? He was like, I have. And here's what the cool part, church, as I started praying for him in this kind of dark place, right, I could sense the presence of Jesus with Matt. And it just gave me peace, and I'm praying, so I'm like, I know this dude knows Jesus. I can tell even Jesus is with him right now, but he's battling. He's battling up here. And so I just prayed, and then I said, Matt, I want you to pray. And he, I mean, he perfectly, right after me, was able to repeat everything I said and repeated this prayer. Afterwards, he told me he felt better, uh, but, then, but, then I, but then I left. And uh, that receptionist who wasn't helpful at first, she even came, found me, paid for my parking, got me free parking. <laughs> And, and, and I tell you this story. I tell you this story. I don't know what's about because they won't let me call me. I can't get a hold of them. But here's, here's what. I walked out seeing how God opened doors. He just took care of me in the, in the moment. He just took care of me in the process to lead me to, to our brother, Matt. And I walked away going, God, and this isn't because I'm a pastor. This is because I'm Brent Hall. I walked away realizing, God, your hand is on my life and you want to use me. You want to use a peon like me. And here's what I know, friends. You say, oh, well, you're the pastor. You're the pastor. Guys, I am an ex-drug addict. I was the guy you would call the cops on if you saw walking down your neighborhood. Listen, you got to know who you're. I'm, it's not because I'm a pastor. It's because God loves people. He wants to redeem people. And he wants to use people, which means you. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, like, oh, you're a pastor. Of course he wants to use you. And I'm telling you, if you let him fill you with the spirit and you should start letting him use you, you're going to come to the conclusion, God, your hand is on my life and you must really love me. Who am I that you would use me to bless another person and point them to you? 
This is where I said, whoa! Just get a whoa! Man! You... Am I starting to do the eyebrow thing? Derek, help me out. All right, so listen, that's the purpose is to love other people, but then as we're being used, realizing, wow, God loves me too, which brings us to this conclusion. I'll go through this one really fast. This is not gonna take long, okay? How do you discover what your spiritual gifting is? That's the question. How do you discover what your spiritual gifting is? Let me give you, all right, just a few things. Here's the first one. Find your sweet spot. You gotta find your sweet spot. This is where your passion intersects all right, with your abilities. You gotta find that. What are you passionate about and what are you good at? Sometimes we're passionate about things. We're not necessarily good at things, okay? This has been true of my life. So the, the thing I used to be tempted to be resentful about because I didn't have that gift, but I wanted that gift so bad, I used to want to work, I just want to lead worship. Because I love worship and I love seeing people worship God. And I wanted to, but I remember one time I was at a youth event and the worship leader couldn't be there, and he was like, hey, Brent plays guitar, have him lead. Yes, this is my chance. <laughs> it was such a disaster that the worship leader actually said, whoa, 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 whoa. we're just going to go ahead and cut the small group time. Cut me. I was like, I got two more songs left. He's like, no, no. We're just going to go ahead and go into our small group time. I mean, that's how bad it was. And I realized, okay, God, I'm going to have to put that one, I have to hang that one up. That is not what you are calling me. That is not what, I mean, the first thing, you kind of have to be able to sing right? Anyways. Okay. But here's where I don't want to discourage you. I don't want to discourage you because here's what I've also learned about discovering your spiritual gift. Part of it too is realizing that as you discover your spiritual gift, sometimes you are going to fail along the way. It's, it's something you're going to have to grow in. You're, you're not just going to be excellent at whatever God has called you to do. So like preaching, which I do today, the first time I ever gave a sermon, guys, did you realize I had a panic attack outside of my classroom? Like literally had to sit down on the floor because everything was spinning. And then I heard the teacher say, okay, Brent, it's your turn. And I walked in there and I, I just kept my eyes on my nose. I got to where I was so nervous. You ever done that where you're up in front of people? I couldn't, I, couldn't, I wasn't breathing. My face was turning all red. I was sweating. And then afterwards, they were like, you seemed a little nervous. Is everything okay? <laughs> okay? But then they said this. They said, but your content was good. The content you came in was good, but your delivery, it needed some, it needed some work. So I tell you that to tell you, sometimes, you got, you have, guys, you're not just going to be excellent at whatever that is. If God's put a passion on your heart, give it a few tries. Try it out and see if it's something God's going to help you to grow in in time. But you want to find your sweet spot where your passion and your abilities intersect. The second one, real quick, just take our assessment. We put an assessment online. It's actually in your handout. You can go to that website. It's going to ask you what are your passions. It's going to ask you what your abilities are. And it's going to help you discover what your spiritual gifting is. I encourage you to take that this week. But listen, these are not the two most important. The most important one is this. It's the third one. Friends, you just got to start serving. You just got to start moving. 
You got to start doing something. We often think God will show me what my gift is. A birdie's going to come tell me what what my gifting is, and then I'll start doing it. That's not how it works in God's economy. You need to hear me on this. God's economy is start moving, start serving. And as you do that, he will equip you as you go and you will start to discover what your gifting is. Friends, you gotta move. You gotta serve. And some of you here, man, you never serve. You never do anything for the church. And I love you. I'm glad you're here. But do you understand what I'm saying? We need you. We are called to be the church. We're called to do something, each and every one of us. I'm talking to every one of us right now. Young, old, I don't care. You are all called to get involved and be a part of what God is doing if this is your church. And as you do that, you're going to be able to love other people and you're going to realize God loves me because he used me this week to bless somebody else right? So start serving. In fact, I think you all have a card. It was in your seat, maybe as you came in, show you some opportunities where you can serve. There's a table out in the lobby um, that's going to be out there for the next month. I encourage every one of us to get plugged in some way, okay? Now, listen, we're going we're gonna to end. We're going to end with communion. Hopefully, you all got one of these. If you didn't, you can just raise your hand. We got some people in the back who will bring you one. Jim, I'm seeing quite a few people over here. Yeah, there's people coming down. Just keep your hand raised. You know, something we need to remember when it comes to communion is, you know, oftentimes when they would eat the meal together, they were sharing the same loaf of bread, right? They were drinking from at least the same bottle, maybe even the same cup. They were sharing it because what they're saying is we're family, saying we're in this together. We're united. And friends, that's what Jesus has called us to. He's called us to be united by, by loving other people. And I want to remind us this morning that what we're doing here in this place what we do throughout the week as we go from this building. It's the most important thing in the world. Do you believe that? See, I I don't know if we believe that. But Jesus died and gave his body and gave his blood. Why? So that we could be the church. Not just come to church, be the church. What we do as the church, it's more important than anything happening in Washington, D.C. It's more important than anything happening in a state capital or a city capital here in our community. It's the most important thing in the world because it serves an eternal kingdom purpose. Everything else will fade away. Friends, Jesus and his purpose will never fade away. Are you a part of it? Are you united by the blood? Are you filled by the bread, the flesh of Christ? 
so that you can be what God has called you to be for a world that needs you. So as we eat and we drink today, let's remember what it required. Friends, it required a sacrifice. A Jesus who was willing to take our sin upon himself, die on that cross so that all your baggage, all your hurts, all your sin could be in him. And by his wounds, we could be healed and get after serving the king. So let's be filled today because we need to do this often in remembrance of Jesus. So if you want to just peel back that first layer, grab the wafer here, which represents the, the body of Christ broken. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. As often as you take this, do this in remembrance of me. His body broken for us. And we peel back the second layer. This is the blood shed. Friends, so we could be clean. We could be purified. Maybe some of us today need to repent of some things. Maybe we need to repent of never getting involved. Maybe we need to repent of, of tuning out part of the Bible that's for us today. Maybe we need to repent for judging others. I don't know what that might be. Maybe there's other things we need to repent of, some impurity we've let into our life this week. But here's the good news. God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Why? Because of his blood. Can we be clean, church? Can we be holy? Can we be made holy through Christ this morning? So we do this together. We say, Jesus, we want to be holy. Jesus said, this is the cup of my new covenant. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We want to be holy. We want to be the holy church. We want you to build your church. We want to be used by you. We want your hand on our life. We want to be filled with the spirit. We want to love other people and we want to bring you glory and make your kingdom know here on earth, Jesus. So by your power, by your spirit, do a work here at Edinburgh Church. Purify us, wash us, cleanse us, make us yours, help us, strengthen us, heal us where we need healing. Strengthen our church. Build your church. Strengthen your kingdom. Build your kingdom. May we know your love. May we sense your love today. May we have your pace. May the world know that Edinburgh Church loves you and we are here to serve them. Church, are you with me? Are we united? Are we believing that Jesus is the King who can save, who pushes back darkness who brings light wherever he goes he brings light you need light today i'm telling you you need light in your heart in your mind pushing back demonic forces and saying jesus your will be done amen let's go Woo!